Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back to the Elephant in the Room podcast, brought to you by your boy, Chef Rob, Chef Boyardee, Kitchen King. Um, uh, so yeah, welcome back to the Elephant in the Room podcast. Um, before I start this episode, which is a very special episode because I have a special guest with me, um, I want to address something. We had actually recorded an episode already. We recorded this episode. <laughs> and then uh, my computer decided to take a shit on me, so I lost the whole recording. So we're going to try our best to actually give you an authentic conversation like we did in our first uh, episode. Um, if it ever uh, decides to come back to my computer, then I'll upload it to as bonus content on Twitter or 
you know, Spotify, Apple Music, um, all your social media platforms that are currently streaming. Um, so yeah, right now, um, we have a special topic I want to talk about, which is immigration. Um, um, but that being said, true enough, the show is not a political podcast. This is something where we just have a conversation where I just want to talk about things I found weird, stuff that I didn't know. Um, and I try to make it authentic as possible. Um, with that being said, I also want to go into thanking everybody that has listened to this podcast right now. Those who decided to take time out the day to listen to my um, very velvety voice. Uh and uh, listen to the sweet sounds of Chef Rob. But thank you guys so much. Thank you so much for joining in. Thank you guys so much for actually um, being a part of the Elephanteers. I think that's going to be the name that I'm going to give you guys. Um, just like the Musketeers, but you guys have big tree trunks. You know what I mean? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Big old ears. Dumbos. Ooh, Dumbos. I like that. Dumbos? Yeah. Dumbos. Dumbos. I like Dumbos better. Dumbos. So, um, well, welcome to the Dumbos. <laughs> Not the Elephantiers anymore, it's the Dumbos. Um, so thank you guys so much for being so much, uh, being a big part of this podcast. Thanks for guys giving me your words of wisdom, um, your feedback, your uh, conversation. I'm going to listen to everything you say, and this show's going to get better and better once I start getting better quality um, uh, microphones, earphones, all that good stuff. So if you feel the need to donate, just hit me up in that Twitter inbox. Once again, we have a Twitter. It's the Elephant Room Pod. Yes, I know I fucked up the spelling. It's E-L-E-P-A-N-T-R-O-O-M-P-O-D. Elephant Room Pod. Elephant Room was already taken, so I had to go to Elephant. Close enough, but no cigar. So nevertheless, whoever who made close but no cigar? How come it can't be close but no fried chicken? You know? Yeah, some just make it more racial, racial, ethnic. You know, white people close with no cigar, black people close with no fried chicken. You know, Asians close with no rice cakes. You know, you know, Venezuelans close with no arepas. You know, this is something like that. Anyway, um, without further ado, uh, I want to introduce our guest today. Um, some of you guys might know him as Enrique um, or Daniel. I prefer to go by Enrique. Um, great guy. Great chef, been knowing him for about two years now. Yeah. Um, with knowing him for two years, he started at the job that I work at now, uh, which we're not going to mention the name of that place. Okay. All right. So just make sure you know, so we don't fuck that up because I don't want to edit out like I edited out the last episode. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but the the simple fact is, great guy, great chef. Um, great personality, very creative, hardworking, and um, it's very hard to find people nowadays that actually have the same drive uh, as him, especially at his young age. Being 22 is his birthday that just happened up, so I want to give a round of applause for his birthday that just came up. Yeah, you deserve it. You deserve it. So without further ado, I'm going to introduce my one true Chef Pal, uh, we'll have multiple, but my one Venezuelan true pal that I work with, um, Enrique Rosales, Daniel Esteban Nacho Libre. Can you let me give you a good introduction, bitch? Everybody, just give it up for Enrique.
Hello. Thank you. Thank you for introducing me again in this 1.5 episode. <laughs> yeah, thanks again for inviting me. I'm really glad that I met you and that you're my boss mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and friend mm -hmm. and inspiration in the kitchen. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, thanks for inviting me again. No um, so today I want to... Um, address the elf in the room today is going to be about the uh about immigration um and once again this is not a political podcast this is something that where we actually just have a conversation on things that i don't know things that i would like to know things that i find to be weird and we'll go from there so immigration tell me how you got here i crossed the border legally so you crossed the board <laughs> Okay, you cross the border illegally, and you cross the border illegally, but you're here legally. Yeah, right. So, with you being here legally, but you cross the border illegally, what does that mean? It means that I was in. It's not prison. It's not jail. It's like a place where you stay while ICE uh, make all your process and everything. Mm -hmm. Um. So yeah, it's like um. Conditional freedom, mm -hmm. something like that. So if I fucked up or I do something legal and they catch me, I'm gonna be back to my country mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because it's like a politic, politic asylum. Political, political asylum. Yeah. yeah. So with you being on political asylum here and in the states, um, once again, uh, I want to say that that it is a huge, huge uh, deal to actually leave. Where you came from in the first place. So where'd you come from exactly? Venezuela, Maracaibo, Estado Zulia. Okay, so shout out to La Rotaria. Oh Jesus Christ. When when you <laughs> when you left there, you left who behind? Uh my dad, my mom, and my little sister. And, and all my family in general. All your family in general. They're still living to this day. Yeah. Is everybody okay? Yeah. Well, my grandmom, she died a couple months ago. Oh, sorry about that, man. It's okay. Um is the process of you actually coming here to the States um, that took a toll on your family, I'm betting. Yeah, of course. So uh, what would they, what, how do they feel? Well, I think they, they, they saw it coming because my, I'm the middle child. Mm -hmm. My older brother, he lives in Sweden like four years ago, mm -hmm. five years ago. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going mm -hmm. to, I don't know if I'm going to the USA. I don't know if I'm going to Sweden. I don't know if I'm going to Mexico, mm -hmm. but I'm getting out of here, mm -hmm. uh, pursuing my future. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it, it it's been really hard for both of us, like my mom and my dad and me. Mm -hmm. But I'm better here, and I, I I have the opportunity to help them from here, sending money and mm -hmm. stuff. So. Did you make the conscious decision to come here in the first place to uh, make your family better or to make your life better? My life better. Make your life better. Yeah. Because when I came here, uh, Venezuela was in a crisis and all this shit, mm -hmm. but it was not that bad. Mm -hmm. So I was looking just for my, create my own path. My, mm -hmm. my dad have a car shop over there, but I'm not into that. Mm -hmm. So I studied uh, culinary over there and mm -hmm. I was like... I'm not going to have future being a chef here in Venezuela. Mm -hmm. 
because mm-hmm. they don't pay the, the, the pay ratio over there for a good chef like hotel chef mm-hmm. executive chef i'm talking about executive mm-hmm. chef it's like i don't know 250 dollars a month really yes sir but what's the cost of living in venezuela <laughs> half of the cost of living here i don't know in a month you can spend two thousand dollars something like that so how do you survive for 250 dollars a month it's you gotta be creative okay so that's that's the the thing about venezuela and all the crisis that's over there mm-hmm. normally um, families live over i came here because if i stayed there i probably live with my father till i was like 35 32 mm-hmm. years old mm-hmm. because buying a car it's almost impossible buying a house mm-hmm. way harder mm-hmm. so you have to have like two jobs, three jobs mm-hmm. that they don't pay shit, but it's like four hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. And I said, like, yeah, you can spend two thousand dollars or fifteen hundred dollars, mm-hmm. but that's that's just for having a normal life, mm-hmm. like have your good food, going outside sometimes, mm-hmm. like here. But uh, the thing is, like, all the jobs they don't pay that much money. Unless you're the owner of the thing, like my dad. Mm-hmm. Thank God I never had to deal with not having money or not having food or stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But uh, other families, they have to deal with that. And it's like, okay, you're 16, you have to work. Mm-hmm. No. Um, you're 15, you have to work. Or you're 10, and come with me to work and help me because I'm old. Mm-hmm. And the dad is old and he needs help or stuff like that. So um, with... I'm I'm a betting I'm a betting man when it comes to this. Oh, I'm going to bet now. Um, you spent the money. You spent money to actually get to the states, right? Yeah. So how much money was that? Forty five hundred. Forty five hundred dollars for what? Um. So it was two thousand dollars for the coyote, mm-hmm. and twenty five hundred for. Plane tickets, mm-hmm. uh, food, mm-hmm. hotels, mm-hmm. and everything else. And so, with a two, with the twenty five hundred and the two thousand dollars total up to forty five hundred dollars, um, that money that was spent, where did that money come from? Well, uh, half of it was my dad, mm-hmm. and the other half was me mm-hmm. and my ex girlfriend, because mm. she helped me too come here is she I, is she in the states already or no yeah she was she's in the states already she she was before me did she has she has she gotten her actual um uh not passport but um citizenship, citizenship. has she no. gotten a citizenship no. no so did you guys make the travel together or was it separately no it was a separate she was she was one year already in here oh okay so okay we had a long distance relationship got it got it got it okay she she told me, okay, I can give you uh, 1500 and you pay me when you start working here. I was like, okay, fine. Mm-hmm. And I started working here and I paid to her again. Okay. Um, and then I paid to my dad. Mm. And so not only the cost of living of that $4,500, that was the cost of actually seeing your family gone, essentially not here anymore. You're, yeah. you, you are in the States by yourself. You have friends, you know, you have uh, potential um, family members that are going to be, you know, 
long-term family members like you know your girlfriend that you have now um but everybody that's blood related to you aren't here in the states i have some like third cousins something Mm -hmm. like that but i don't talk to them you don't talk to them at all okay all right well can you speak on the fact of actually conversations leading up to the fact of you actually leaving to come to america in the immigration progress and the uh process when you came here, when you were coming here, um, what was that like? What was the, the conversation that you had on the way out the door? You know, you see every time when uh, a kid is about to go to the military or go to college, yeah. they always have like this big well, grandiose, like, oh, you're going to do it. You're going to grab blah, 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 blah. What was that like for you, though? It was month and month of really long discussions with my mom. Mm-hmm. My dad, he was like, he was supporting me all the time. He was like, Okay, if this is what you want to do, it's, if you think this is gonna be the best for you, I support you. Mm-hmm. But you just gotta know you're gonna be you're gonna be alone. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna be there for you. Mm-hmm. Like I can I can call you and I can send you money, but mm-hmm. it's not gonna be like I can go and help help you like right there. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, I know, but I need to make my own path. And he was like, okay, I respect that. Mm-hmm. Did you, you feel like anybody tried to discourage you from actually leaving from the my mom? Your mom. Yeah. Why like you considered to be a mama's boy? Uh, uh, that is boy. That is boy. That is boy. So I, I'm so. more. I'm more close to my dad. Okay. So, but your mom was obviously afraid, wanted you to be yeah. safe, and then so she's trying to discourage you from coming. She didn't trust me because mm. I was 19 at the moment and mm-hmm. I was really immature. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying I'm mature now, but it, it, mm-hmm. my mind changed a lot in these three years now mm-hmm. that I'm here. But yeah, she was like. I don't want to be you to be outside alone. You don't know how to t- to deal with bad people. Like you always here at home playing video games and listening to music. You go to church with us, and you're. She was like, you're in a bubble, mm-hmm. in a safety bubble, and I, mm-hmm. I don't want you to go out of that because I don't know what's gonna happen to you. Mm-hmm. I prefer you to be to go out of the bubble here in your own country because mm-hmm. she was like, okay, you speak a little bit of English, but you don't know what you, you you're gonna find out there. And it's, it was not, okay, if you was going into a plane and go uh, directly here to the USA, but no, I was going, I first had to take a car to Colombia, mm-hmm. then to the Colombian border, then take another bus, 24 hours drive to Bogota. Mm-hmm. It is like the capital, capital, mm-hmm. and take another flight to Mexico. And then in Mexico, take another flight to Monterrey. Mm-hmm. And after that, uh, have like a, Eight hours drive to Ciudad Acuña. Mm-hmm. That that's like the border with El Paso here in in Texas. Mm-hmm. And um, she was afraid of all of that because she always heard about a lot of uh, stories about coyotes and all this bad mm-hmm. stuff. That I I don't want to say it because everybody knows about it. <laughs> all that mm-hmm. really bad stuff. Uh, and yeah, she was like. First of all, she was like, okay, you're going. Where are you going to find the money? And I was like, to go, like all the other two $2,000. Because my dad gave to me $2,500. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't know. But I'll make, uh, I'll, I'm going to do whatever the fuck I have to do to get that money. Because I'm out of here. Mm-hmm. My older brother, it's out already. And I'm going to. Mm-hmm. And uh, she was like, okay. You can find the money, but I don't want you to die mm-hmm. in the travel. And you're going to be there alone. You don't have, we don't have family over there. And 
Yeah, it was it was like just that. Like I, I'm afraid for your for your life. I was mm-hmm. like, you made your own life. Mm-hmm. You 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 suffer your stuff. Oh, because she told me like you're gonna work a lot. You you're gonna have to do this and that. And I'm like, okay, you did it too. And now you have your own house. You you have your car. Mm-hmm. You have your husband and everything. Let me let let me be myself. Let me let me do my own path. Let me if I if I'm gonna fall, let me fall. Mm-hmm. Cause that's life, right? Mm-hmm. And that was it, it. Was that conversation? Cause my mom is really protective. So, um, when you were making the travel, making the transition to actually come to here in the states, uh, what was it like in the actual travel? What was the the living conditions, the the sleeping conditions, the 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 constant travel you had to make? Because I'm assuming that it was longer than. A normal travel. If I want to take a plane right now from here to Venezuela, it would be uh, less than a day trip, right? Like it's gonna be twelve hours, fifteen no. hours. How long, how long? Like six hours. Six hours. Six hours. Matt, bad Matt. So six hour plane trip. But since I have the privilege of actually traveling to where I want to go, actually no, you need well, a visa well, to go I, I, to Venezuela. Yeah, I need a visa to go to Venezuela. I was gonna say that, but nevertheless, I still have the capability to go to somewhere where I don't have to go through a bunch yeah, of hoops yeah. like you do. So. When you made the travel from Venezuela, and the ending destination was where? Uh, El Paso, Texas, and then Miami. Okay, so but in between that time, how long? Did, how long of that was? Oh, three weeks. Two weeks. Two weeks and a half. So two and a half weeks of travel, and we talked about this before. But tell, I want you to tell the people that you're listening right now, like what was that like? Okay, so first of all, I was lucky mm-hmm. about it because I stayed. I had the money to do it, so I say nice hotels. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying like Hilton or shit like that, uh-huh. but it was like nice, maybe mm-hmm. three stars hotels. Mm-hmm. But the, but but was this for the full duration of the two and a half weeks? You stayed at one Hilton, two Hiltons, like it was a lot, or was it just like small? Uh, it was like small because mm-hmm. I spent five days in Bogota waiting for my flight to mm-hmm. Mexico, mm-hmm. and those five days I stayed with a friend that lives over there. Mm-hmm. Then in Mexico, I stayed two days in uh, Ciudad de Mexico, mm-hmm. Mexico City. Mm-hmm. And then I had to take another flight to Monterrey and wait three days mm-hmm. in another hotel. And it was it was fine. It was it was not that bad. Like you can hear stories about people going through the jungle seven days without water, or food, or all mm-hmm. the, that stuff. Mm-hmm. But I'm blessed that I, I didn't have to leave all that. Mm-hmm. But it was rough. More it was rough mentally. Because mm-hmm. every time I took a bus or another car or another plane, mm-hmm. I was f- way further and further from mm-hmm. my family. And mm-hmm. that thing was like, stick on my head. Like, mm-hmm. okay, you're doing this. You're sure this is the right decision. What the fuck are you doing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're too young for this. When did that point of that, the moment in your mind, sinking your mind, like the moment that it was clear and decisive that you were past the point of no return, like you couldn't go back home. Like what? When did that moment? Oh, sit in your when mind? I when I crossed the the gate of my home. When you crossed the gate of your house. Yeah. So literally walking out the front door, coming down the street. You as soon as you pass it up, you're like, I can't come back. Yeah. And and that was because you just you made your mind up and you just had yeah, to come here. I made my mind. Got it. I was like, I was like, okay, this is gonna be hard. This is gonna be really, really. Uh, challenging for me. Mm-hmm. I was like, I have to do it. Mm-hmm. I have to do it because I, I need, I, I got to stop living with my dad. And it's like, 
I want to go out with a girl that I can have money for mm-hmm. going out. I hate, I hated that shit. Mm-hmm. So it was like, I have to do it because mm-hmm. if I stay here, I'm gonna be the same shit till I'm thirty. Mm-hmm. So and you didn't want to repeat the cycle that your parents did the same thing. Well, your parents we went about a different way, obviously, but they worked hard. They got to a certain point in life, and then no. they stayed where they were. Is that in a sense or no? Look, the thing is, like, this government that the Venezuela have right now, mm-hmm. it's been twenty since I was born, two thousand one. Mm-hmm. They, uh, this motherfucker president, I'm not gonna say his name. Mm-hmm. He won in uh, ninety nine, and he started his his trip to mm-hmm. destroy our country. Mm-hmm. But when my dad was my age, he had his own car because mm-hmm. Venezuela was good. Mm-hmm. Uh, people, Venezuelans come in the 90s or 80s. They used to come here and uh, American was like, oh, that's the guy that always come and it's like, oh, that's cheap. That's cheap. Give me two. Because mm-hmm. we had money. Mm-hmm. We we have a lot of uh, oil on our, on our country. Mm-hmm. So at the time, it was it was really good. You can, you can do your own money, buy your house, buy your car. Mm-hmm. But the government fucked up all the economy. Sorry, in our country, mm-hmm. and that changed. So it's like, I'm the, I'm the first generation that had to go out of my own country to look for my own future. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's, it's really like stupid all the stuff that the government has done for us. And um, I'm not the only one. Like, there's millions of young people like me that out of the country alone or, or with their family. Mm-hmm. So is there any, been any moments in your travel or from beginning to end, from the moment that you left your, uh, your family's home to actually get into El Paso, were any moments that you felt like you had made a bad decision? Yeah. And when was that? Um. So I crossed the border and I was with the this center I stuff mm-hmm. and we were two hundred guys in the same room. Mm-hmm. It was not small. It was like maybe basketball court mm-hmm. size. And there were two bathrooms, just two bathrooms that they cleaned out every two days. So mm-hmm. it was filthy. It two was, restrooms that were indoor, or we're talking about like oh a no, potty. Yeah, a porta potty. So two porta potties they don't clean for two days that you guys are sharing, and yeah. it's two hundred people, two hundred men, two hundred like men, grown, <laughs> grown men. And so, they separated the men from the women. Yeah. Okay. So it was filthy. Every time I, I had to pee because I never took a shit for six days. I, oh, uh-huh. this is another thing. I never brushed my teeth when I was there, or take a shower, or mm-hmm. sleep in a bed. I was living on the floor mm-hmm. with just uh, one of these. It looks like aluminum foil mm-hmm. <laughs> covering with that. Oh, you're talking about, uh, I think they use it for uh, victims that went through a uh, fire. Uh, yeah. Uh, like like, a, like a, a long story short, like a house catches on fire, the, the firemen show up, and they put the emergency blankets on them to yeah, keep the something temperature, like that. but it has like yeah. a, a aluminum coating to it. Okay, that's what you're talking about. I've seen those before. Um, so you're laying up in there in this particular area probably sharing space with you know definitely sharing space cramp with 200 men that are all trying to find a better life for themselves right yeah and in so, that moment you felt like damn did i make a right decision or did i make a wrong decision that was the second day i was there i was like mm-hmm. sleeping there in, in those 
conditions and I was like, what the fuck I did? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I start, I remember I start crying and this is, this is like the bright side of it because mm-hmm. I start crying and I can't, I could, uh, like see that when people isn't in, in those kind of, um, situations, uh-huh. they get together. It's like, mm-hmm. if I, I was crying on the floor, like, <laughs> what the fuck I did? I'm fucking stupid. Mm-hmm. And all that shit. And a guy just came to me like, Hey, uh, come to talk to us. Mm-hmm. Don't worry. It's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he pulled me to a group of people and they were talking. And the guy that pulled me, he was he was like, yeah, I was in, in jail, actual jail for one month in Mexico. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, when I started to start talking to them, I was like, okay, I will be fine. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what's going to happen, but fuck it. I'm, I'm here and I just have to wait for the process. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we started cracking jokes because we was six days mm-hmm. together, every single day, twenty four hours. So, what's the funniest joke that you heard while you was at the with this guy for six days? It's a really black joke. It's a really black joke. <laughs> yeah, it's like dark humor. Oh, dark humor. Dark humor. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Shoot, I, I still want to hear this. It's joke. about rape. Are you sure oh, about okay. it? <laughs> All right, maybe, maybe not. Maybe not. No. Uh, I think. Oh, let me let me zoom in on this real quick. So I feel like there is everything in the world can be made funny. Um, some stuff not so much, but I'm gonna attempt to right now. You tell me if you think it's funny or not. So, uh, how do you make murder funny? You you describe a story where a man that is a murderer and it scares people, right? But then you make a story about how. A man that is sick and tired of murderers on the street, so he goes out to murder those murderers. Or not so much funny, but it adds levity to it. You know, like, okay, he might be doing like a service, a public service, or something like that, getting these murders off the street. They made a whole TV show off of it named Dexter. Go watch it. But that's the whole premise of it. It's a it's a CSI uh, investigator that is purposely killing people um, that are murderers because he that's how he deals with his serial killer. Um, urges um but rape Enrique is 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 very me I'm not saying it's it's have to be funny for everybody but it was funny to me because I don't know we you're six day six days in a fucking cage because that was like a cage Mm -hmm. everything can be funny at that time Mm because you're all crazy Mm -hmm. (laughs) so I'm not gonna say the joke is is really fucked up Mm -hmm. but it was funny so with those six days of you being there um did the transition from you being um, viewed as human switch to being viewed as property? Less than property. Less than property. Why yeah. is that? Because when you have your property, you protect your property. It's like uh-huh. you have this microphone that I have here. But if it's yours, right? Uh-huh. But if I just smack the shit out of it, you would be like, hey, what the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah. And at the time, if, if I had a cut in my face, mm-hmm. they would be like, so what? Mm-hmm. Make yourself. Go fix it. Go fix it. Uh Yeah. So, like, as I said, it was a cage. Like, it was no walls. It was like this kind of cage that you see on the street. Like a fence? Yeah, a fence. Okay, like a fence. Uh, And I could see outside and I saw their dogs and, Mm -hmm. you know, canine units Mm -hmm. and shit like that. And I was like, I remember I thought, like, 
how the fuck this dog is getting treated better than me? That I'm a human being and he's a dog. And he's like, I'm not saying you you don't have to treat animals good because mm-hmm. you have to. But he's like, bro, I'm a human. I'm a human. I'm a human being, mm-hmm. and I'm here in a fucking cage just because I was not born here, mm-hmm. and I I didn't have the opportunities. And I'm looking for a new new life, make make my have a better life, mm-hmm. and just because I don't have a paper that says USA citizenship, mm-hmm. I'm here. And I was like, fuck. And so to give further context, the six days that you stayed inside this room that had the fence and dogs and whatnot around it, this was. This, was this ice or was this something ice. This is ice. This is this is our government. Border my control. government. Yeah. This is my government using these uh, uh, facilities have been uh, put in place to actually uh, uh, hold captive or hold um, people that actually have human rights. Yeah. And treat you guys in this manner. And this is and this is view less as property. You guys are less than than than. Than the dog that's out there that's getting fed and treated right yeah. like a German Shepherd. We got we got food and water and shit, but it was mm-hmm. like I don't know. I understand mm-hmm. that we are coming to this country, mm-hmm. and it's like why she, it's not your government's problem because mm-hmm. like okay, I can have all the problems that I have in Venezuela, mm-hmm. but why should be your problem? Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. not. But like at the end of the day, we're human beings, and I'm not saying. All of us are coming here to work and do honestly work and mm-hmm. work hard because there's some trash people mm-hmm. that they mm-hmm. come here to steal and do bad shit. Mm-hmm. But like, at the end of the day, the, most of them, most of them, they are like that. They they come here to pursue in a future and a better life. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. It's it's a complicated situation mm-hmm. that. Well, I mean, I understand what you mean. So basically what you're saying is that um, the aspect of getting up to come to a different country and uh, let's put put it into different terms, right? Um, I have my home. I set it up nicely. I I work hard to keep it afloat. And you come knocking at my door. Hell, you come through the back window, creep in. And I'm like, like, uh, who the fuck are you? Where'd you come from? How'd you get in here? And either I have the ability to, I have the ability to, because it's my home, I could kill you. I could call the cops and imprison you. I could um, uh, try to sit down and have some sort of uh, conversation and figure out exactly where you come from and then try to stop you from coming in that area again as much as like interrogating, I guess, to see exactly how you came in, who let you in, who gave you the keys to the back door. Like, how did you get into my safely secured home that I've had for years and uh or which is what you went through um okay you're here now I can't send you back home because you're in a war-torn country and uh if I sent you back home then the possibility of you actually being murdered which is against human rights but also I'm going to infringe on your human rights by allowing you to stay here and putting you into for lack of better words an encampment you know, like you, you get stuck into a place where you are in a facility, cage and all, fence and all, um, guarded. You can't go anywhere. You can't go back home. I so you have to deal the, with me. The the hour, like I ask a, I ask an officer, "Hey, what time is it?" And it was like, "It's not your fucking problem. Go back to your seat." And I was like, oh, "Okay." Mm-hmm. And so, 
when you was acting when you asked the time was it because it that you didn't have a, a source to see outside and it was dark in the room or are we talking about it's no, a well-lit room it's like a basketball court it's closed off i mean were you able to see outside uh just what their bosses and their cars and stuff like that mm-hmm. that i didn't have my phone uh, i i spent six days without calling my mom she, mm-hmm. she didn't know about me I, when i crossed when i was about to cross the border i just text her like hey i'm about to you ain't gonna know about me till i'm again uh outside mm-hmm. she will be like okay i know you're you're gonna be fine maybe it's not gonna be like five hold five stars hotel but you're gonna be fine you're in a uh government facility and I spent six days without my phone, without watch, because they took away. I I, I had a um, necklace, mm-hmm. and they took it away too, because it was like uh, you can use that. Because if you use that, uh, you can kill yourself or kill someone else with mm-hmm. that change. Okay. Uh, stupid shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, my shoelaces too. They took away all personal property. Yep. All ability to actually have something that you could use to actually hurt yourself or hurt someone else. And then they went into the aspect of actually, um, per se, degrading you in a sense to actually keep you from leaving. So yeah. they kept you inside of a dark living room. I mean, they kept you in a room. In my mind, when I think of immigration or ICE, I feel like they keep you inside of a dark room. And like, no, 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 no. I could see the sun and everything. Mm. Actually, there was a time. It was like okay in the morning. We didn't have. We could see the sun, but mm. it was not. Uh, like. How do you say when you're going out and the sun is like on right. you? It's so, like on you. So you can see the sun, but you exposed. Exposed. Yeah. Exactly. But uh, 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 let's say 12 p.m., 2 p.m., mm-hmm. the sun goes down and it's go like exposed to us. So mm-hmm. we moved to the, we had to move to like group all each other and the other half of the of the room because mm-hmm. it was like uh, I'm not gonna be here 12 hours. In the sun, like, just burn myself. Mm-hmm. But it was not like we're in a cold room. No, mm-hmm. it's not like an interrogation room. Mm-hmm. Okay. But nevertheless, um, <clears throat> there is the aspect of um, withholding somebody from, like, certain things. Like, you are, in a, in a, in a sense, um, which I'm, I might draw a fist false parallel, but I still try to make an attempt to see if this makes a connection. So you decide to leave home. You make this two and a half week, three week um, transition from leaving from Venezuela to America, right? Yeah. Um, You get here to the States and it's, what is that? What is that? Before I ask my question, um, what did that uh, feeling first hit? Like, what was that feeling that when you got here into El Paso? I didn't believe it. Oh, El Paso? I was yeah. like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> and so it was, just, it, was, it was a foreign country. Yeah. It was everything was foreign. Yeah, but okay. I grew up with American movies, Hollywood, mm-hmm. and all this shit. So when I came to El Paso, I see there was a little town that is like in the middle of the desert. I was like, what the fuck is this? Mm-hmm. This is not like uh, I, I've seen before. Mm-hmm. But when I took the plane from El Paso to Dallas and I see the Dallas airport, I was like, shit. Mm-hmm. This is massive. And I, I see the train in the airport and everything. Mm-hmm. I was like, what the fuck is this? This is how how the world it is, mm-hmm. for sure. Really? Because in Venezuela, our airport is really small. Mm-hmm. It's really fucking small. There's, I don't know, probably five gates mm-hmm. max. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I was shocked. I was like, bro, this is crazy. So being shocked and being in awe of our establishment that we have in our own like lifestyle. Oh, and I, I felt that. And I was like, when I started seeing all the everything in English, mm-hmm. I was like, damn, mm-hmm. I'm far away from home. Mm-hmm. Like you knew that I'm not two hours from the house. And when I'm, I, I'm like, I'm fucking miles and miles away yeah. from home. Yeah. I never told you this, but I, when I when I saw the uh, when I saw the first black person, I was like, damn. <laughs> what? <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's too it's too different. Like uh-huh. black people in my country is not like you or mm-hmm. black people here. It's mm-hmm. different. It's like the hair and the style, and mm-hmm. it's really different. Like, mm-hmm. I, you remember I asked you like, hey, what's 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 the thing about racist prices? racist shit here mm-hmm. in, in the USA because in Venezuela I can say negro without it's it's not like a bad word hold on hold on he said he said negro like the color black yeah, yeah. but let's let's, let's let's pause right there let's pause right there because I don't want to get into the the that's, that's another tough another day I want to talk about that on another podcast episode where I actually discover um race racism and uh how other people see each other as stereotypes and I have a funny way of actually feeling about that, but I want to actually discuss that in a different time. So we'll pause there, okay. and then we'll we'll keep talking about immigration. Okay. 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 So, no more negro because he didn't he didn't say nigga. I'm black. No, no, no. He didn't say nigga. <laughs> he said negro. So, um, in life, just like this elephant in the uh, elephant in the room podcast, like we discuss things that nobody else talk about, but I actually try to add some levity to it. Um, the question I was going to ask you: Do you feel like that? Um, in that two and a half week transition from one place to another, uh, did you feel like that you were just completely leaving your center of earth? Like you left what you know as home to go to somewhere else completely foreign. Yeah, 100%. Did you, did you, did you feel like that? Okay, I went to a, a different place completely. Like I went to to, to Mars because yes. it was that much removed from what you yeah. knew. 100%. And so in that... Um, you know, that I have to actually believe myself that you know that that it's it's definitely got to be like a huge struggle for somebody to actually leave, especially to know English, because you had some sort of groundwork in in mm-hmm. English, uh, mostly in your Spanish, because uh, every Spanish is different. Yeah. But you had some groundwork to come to America, and so when you came here, you had a little bit of footing. You knew exactly some things to say, some stuff not to say. And then you have to make a travel from El Paso to Dallas, Dallas to Miami, right? Yeah. And then Miami, you ha- you ended from <clears throat> Miami to Houston? Houston, yeah. Okay. So to add levity to all of this, to add a little bit of laughter to this, because I feel like we've definitely been talking about immigration in a light of PC culture. Mm-hmm. But I want to say when you decide to make a track to here in the States, who to stay with? My ex-girlfriend. And so you guys were in a relationship. Yeah. And five years, six years? Five five or six years. Mm-hmm. So what, 2019? Yeah. You moved here through COVID. No, 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 no. Uh through COVID, I was in a long distance relationship with her because she was here before me. But when did you come here to the States? What what year was that? 2020. So 2020. But also you guys had a previous relationship before. Yeah. Okay. And then you were here for an additional year, two years. No, just uh, like eight months. 
No, I'm talking about from the time that we're talking now, how long ago was it that you, you came here in 2020? 2020, yeah. So the two years that you have been here, you stayed with her for like eight months. The part of it, yeah. And so it was eight months you guys were, did you have a job while you was here? Yeah. And you helped pay bills, all that type of stuff? Actually, she helped me to come here because mm-hmm. my, my dad gave me uh, $2,500. I said this, right? Yeah, you said that already. Okay. So I paid her and yeah, we were we were living together and mm-hmm. I used to pay bills and everything. Did so. you feel like at one at any point in time that you were not only paying to live there, but you were kind of fucking for a place to stay? <laughs> you know what I mean. You know what I mean. You know what I'm talking about. Broke niggas, <laughs> broke niggas all the time. They we we I I've never. Yes. Okay. Yeah, okay. Okay. <laughs> so I've never had the the I've never been in a position where I was like completely down and out and broke, where I was like, okay, you know, I'm going. Well, I'm a shacker with some. Nine hundred percent because Miami, it's fucking expensive. Yeah. Like I was paying twenty five hundred. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, twenty five hundred and just rent. Mm-hmm. Because it was a house we used to live with, with uh, her mom, her dad, mm-hmm. her grandma, and it was like four bedroom house. Mm-hmm. So between uh, me and her, we were paying like twenty five hundred a month. Mm-hmm. But I was the one who paid who paid the most of those twenty five hundred because mm-hmm. I I had a better job because. Mm-hmm. I graduated from uh, culinary school in Venezuela, mm-hmm. so I came here and I had a good job. Up, uh, it was a um, fly food. Mm-hmm. It was like uh, it was like a warehouse with a big kitchen that they f- made food for uh, international flights. Mm-hmm. And I was like the sous chef of the uh, Air France. Mm-hmm. It was commercial flight too. It was a pain in the ass that job. Mm-hmm. I hated that job, but it was good money. Mm-hmm. So I think I was not fucking for a place to stay. I was. But you said yes earlier. So yeah. So yes and no. Yes and no. Yeah. Okay. So because you needed the she needed the mo- the money that I used to pay for it. Because mm-hmm. when I came here, but to also Houston, I feel like if you weren't if you weren't giving up the dick, you know, she would have been like, okay, you just you know paying money. I thought you were in love with yeah. me. Coming out yeah. having sex and blah blah blah. blah. Yeah, that yeah. comes with every relationship. Yeah. Now, granted, you're in a very way better relationship now. Would you like Way to? Would you better. like to shout out that lucky that lucky female right now, and then say something well, to her in Spanish? What do you want to say? Uh, shout out to Maria Paula. Mm-hmm. She's my just love of my life. I'm gonna say it here. Okay, you got anything to say in Spanish, son? Uh, bueno, okay, lo diré en español. Okay. Este, hola, Maria Paula. Mm-hmm. Este, estoy hablando, estoy diciendo esto porque Robert me está haciendo decirlo. I just say that you're making me say something in Spanish for her. Hey, well. Okay. She, I want her to actually, you know, love the fact that she said something. Okay, I'm just gonna say this. Uh, you're gonna be in an episode. Yeah, she's gonna be on an episode. Yeah. She's gonna come in here. She's gonna talk. She, she. We have to talk about how you helped me to help her with what? With how to talk with her. How to help to talk with her and get yeah. in a relationship? Yeah. Um. Because you was like a great influence at that moment. Well, well, we'll talk about that in a love episode. We'll talk yeah, about yeah, that and yeah. and once further down the road. Um. But for right now, I just wanna just. Stay on topic, but nevertheless, we are coming to end on immigration. We are coming to like a, you know, simple sudden stop, I guess, a pause per se, because everybody has immigration stories. But I'm pretty sure that you, when you came here to the states, you weren't the only one of your only race when you when you were making your transition. So I'm so 
uh, I know you told me before that when you were on the plane to, to the States or a plane, um, sorry, when you were on the travel and your two and a half week travel, there was a time and point where you had saw races outside of Venezuelan people, right? Like it was that like African people, or like uh, Asian. Yeah, people? but that that was when I was in the ice. Um, and ice, yeah, ice. Yeah. So the, the the collection of people that all wanted to make a better life for themselves decided to just say, "Fuck it, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Get in this this situation. Get in this place that we are." And knew for a fact that they had to make a change because if they didn't, they would end up dead, unhappy, or just yeah. Every everyone has have a different story, mm-hmm. and. For being being honest, my story is like I wanted to come here mm-hmm. and I made my decision because it's like I want to make my own life. Mm-hmm. It was not like I had to come here because I was fucking suffering in my country. Mm-hmm. But there's people that, yeah, they have to come here because they can die in their country. They they don't have food. They, mm-hmm. It's like a fuck. It's like a fucked up situation. Mm-hmm. And that cultural like I. I I met an African guy that he told me he was from Congo, I think, mm-hmm. that he told me he came here because uh, he wanted to be a Marine. Mm-hmm. But why he wanted to be a Marine? Because uh, in their country, they persecute people by religion. And mm-hmm. he was from a different religion than from his village, mm-hmm. something like that. So some um, militaries came and they did something really bad to his family. And uh, he was like, "Okay, I want to, I want to make a change for that." Mm-hmm. And uh, well, I'm, I'm just gonna say it. the people go to his village, to his family, and they murder all his family because mm-hmm. just because they were in a different religion. Mm-hmm. And he had to escape, mm-hmm. and he came here. Mm-hmm. And he was like, "Okay," but maybe in, in the way that he was coming, he was like, "Okay, I, I want to." go to the US to save my life but at the same time I want to do it I want to be like a like I want to I want to be able to make a change in in my country mm-hmm. and he thought like maybe if I join to the marines and stuff like that I can go on a mission to that mm. that's what he told me okay maybe he don't know all the context of what it's about to be a marine but that mm-hmm. was his mind you know mm-hmm. he was like Okay, I want to be Marine to be different and mm-hmm. be different than all the motherfuckers that did that to my family. Got it. Okay, well, and I say that all to say uh, in this podcast, we definitely covered a lot of ground. Um, and we also covered a lot of things that I feel like I want to revisit later, especially with your story and other people's story. They might have something else to say when it comes to um, being in a situation where they had to leave, had to go for a better life, or just they wanted something different because they knew they had a um, different, a different ending than what they wanted at that particular time. And that, that extends further than immigration that extends to your, your data life. People that I'm talking to right now, that's, that's listening to my voice. You yourself know for a fact that you want to get to a different destination that you are tra- trajected to go to. And that means that you're going to have to make risks and those risks that you take are going to lead you in, crazy and wild situations and crazy and wild places. Um, so once again, I want to say thank you for sharing your story. I'm pretty sure you have more to tell me and we can cover all those things later down the line. Um, and this is a great introduction to 
immigration. So this will probably be volume one, and then we'll go on to another one, another day, another uh, week when we actually have time to um, sit down and actually chat. And then you can bring your um, significant other, Maria Bala. Um, shout out to you. You are an amazing woman. Uh, but before we end off uh, all things Venezuela, I want to ask you a serious question. Venezuelan women versus American women. Well, it's hard. Okay. Because, like, it's what I'm used to. Mm-hmm. Like, a Latina girl, mm-hmm. Venezuelan girl, mm-hmm. tall, black, long hair. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you say when the hair's like, it's not curly, it's like really. What, raven? Uh, raven like, like, like my hair. Yeah, so you have like a raven-esque hair. Like yeah. it's it's like long and it's thin, but it's it's thick. You know, yeah. it's it's you know almost have like a like a Pocahontas-esque. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I'm used to that kind of girl, and my girl looks like that. Uh huh. American girls. I don't, by the way, I, by the way, his girlfriend looks like uh, Paulina from Danny Phantom. If you if you know Danny Phantom, look up Paulina, and that's what his girlfriend exactly looks like. Um, not true, Pocahontas, true. no Paulina. Look up Paulina from Danny Phantom, Nickelodeon. That's his girlfriend. Yeah, so, it's true. But like, I don't find that attractive to a girl with blonde hair and blue eyes. Okay, because I'm not used to it. Okay, but or a African American woman mm-hmm. like you. Mm-hmm. You probably would be like. Wait, wait. I'm an African American. No, 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 no. Like, oh, I'm attracted. Yeah, American. exactly. Okay, you're attracted. Right, I'm not saying just because I got titties don't mean. <laughs> I mean, I'm a woman, ho. <laughs> I have a transition, bitch. Don't play uh, me like that. I don't know. Okay, go. Um, but yeah, it's it's way different. This cultural stuff. But like mm-hmm. for me, the most beautiful woman in the world, mm-hmm. Venezuela, and mm-hmm. it, not all Venezuela, because mm-hmm. Caracas. Mm-hmm. Nah. No. Nah. No. Nah. Well, Just their accent and the way that they talk and everything. Yeah, because I'm from Maracaibo. And people from Maracaibo don't like people from Caracas. Uh-huh. It's more a meme. It's more a meme. It's more about making jokes about it. But uh-huh. it's funny. <laughs> so I'll say this. I feel like in the end goal of when it comes to me being in a relationship with somebody, it's definitely going to end off um, on uh, um, on the African-American side. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's, like, it's like me. I came here to the U.S. and uh-huh. I didn't look for a... American girl, because uh, I, I was not into it. Mm-hmm. I, I was with Warren once, and I was like, hell no, this is not for me. Well, that's got to be also a clusterfuck of information that comes to you, because when you get here, you know that there are other Venezuelans that are here, too. Yeah, exactly. But at the same time, you know, you like what you like. You yeah, know, it's, it's, I, I, I'm what, with who I am because I like what I like. Yeah, and then on top of that, it's it's more so of, of a of a idea and a topic that, um, you know, I fell in love with somebody else Venezuelan because that's that's who I love, that's what I want to love, that's who I want to be with, that's what I want my kids it, to look it, like. It feels closer to home. Yeah. And I, and I think people have like a huge issue with the fact that when you they say, Oh, you don't like dating outside your race, which I feel like to be very wild to me. Like, sure. I I don't feel comfortable. This is what happened with this girl. She was like, Oh, your accent is so sexy and all that shit. And I was like, uh oh, so, like this. Okay, so I, I don't feel saying. comfortable Speaking in English with someone uh-huh. that I want to have a life with, you know? So basically what you're saying is you felt like a novelty as opposed to actually somebody else interested in what you, because the same thing happens to black people. So, or any race for that particular matter, the, the, the over fan, over fantasizing about a particular race, like say 
I, I've been young. I'm, I'm, I'm young. I'm 27. But at the same time, I was younger. And when I was younger, I had the idea that um, white girls with blue eyes and blonde hair was, you know, was alluring. It was a, it was it's attractive. They still are attractive, but nevertheless, it was something to be um, held at a higher regard than other races. Not just white women, but just women of ethnic value. Yeah, other it's, women. White woman with blonde hair and blue eyes, it's like the stereotype of the pretty girl. Yes. Movies, and I'm not, television. I, I'm not saying it, they're not pretty because mm-hmm. there are some blonde and white women that they, you look at them and it's like, damn. Mm-hmm. But I'm not into that. Mm-hmm. That's it. And I feel like when, they, when that girl in particular told me like, oh, I love your accent, I was like, Oh, so you just want me because I'm like exotic to you? Because mm-hmm. I'm like a little Pokemon that you can catch. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. I get it. it it's definitely that's, that's what I mean. When like when you viewed as a novelty, you're not viewed as an actual who you are as a person. Because when I am dating um, an African American woman, or I uh, have the intent to date an African woman uh, or African American woman, um, it's more so because I see myself. In the person that I want to be with, like it's, exactly. it's, I know who I am. I know what I want. I see this particular person that has a certain liking towards me because I've been, I've been in relationships. I've been engaged, and then those relations that I had with, to be honest, most of my honestly, all of the serious relations in my life have all been black women. Maybe maybe it's because like, okay, we've been friends for two years now, mm-hmm. and I can see that you ain't looking for something like. Okay, I just want this girl today and this one t- tomorrow and mm-hmm. the other just to have fun. Mm-hmm. And I'm the same way. I'm like, if I'm in a relationship with a woman, it's going to be like, okay, we're in a relationship we're for a relationship. something. It's yes. not like just we're going to fuck. Goal. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So because if I if I didn't thought about like, oh, yeah, I'm looking for a girl with a goal and, a, and to a future, mm-hmm. I wouldn't give a fuck and fuck that American girl because mm-hmm. she was pretty. Mm-hmm. But I thought about like, eh, this is worth it. No, nah, it's not. So get the hell out of there. Got it. Well, I mean, that, that definitely answers like what you value the most when it comes to actual women in general. But it's going to be Venezuelan on top. If you're talking hold about... Hold on, hold on. But it's so Venezuelan on top of the list when it comes to like the most beautiful woman in the world and your present Venezuelan woman. Yeah. Okay. Mine is African or African-American, uh, and we both know why. We already went over that yeah, reason yeah. why. So what were you about to say? If we're talking about competitions, mm-hmm. about, uh, let's say, Miss Universe and mm-hmm. all that shit. My country is the one with the most. Okay, that's <laughs> that's highly debatable because I feel like most African women or African American women, um, my Nubian princesses and princes—I mean Nubian princesses and queens and stuff like that—they're killing the game, rocking wait, the wait, game. Wait, wait, wait. Okay, yeah, I'm not saying they're not beautiful. But also, I have to make a but quick like, disclaimer. What was it? Let me quick disclaimer. Even though I feel like the end-all, be-all relationship I'm going to have is an African American woman or African woman. That, that that takes away the possibility of me finding love from outside of different race. You know what you're going to get because you're already in a relationship. Me right. being single, um, those who might be listening to my voice right now, if you're trying to plan to find somebody for me, I am open to all way, all races and all walks of life because that's what you have to be in today's society because you never know who you're going to end up with in, in the end game. Um, and by me being shut, shut off from the idea of being with another race, uh, can't come off as kind of cold, but it's just what I'm used to and what I want at this yeah, stage yeah. of my life. But like, I want to take the conversation out of that because okay. we're you're, we're going too deep. I want to talk about like 
really superficial and disgusting way. <laughs> okay, so, so okay, go ahead. Like, uh, the U.S. is the first one with nine uh, Miss Universe one. So that means the, like nine women that are American. Yeah, uh, the it. most okay. exactly. Okay, but the second one, it's my country. What's the, what's the number? Seven. Seven. Yeah. That's not. You said nine women have won Miss Universe. No, 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 no. Nine American women has won the Miss Universe. But how many Venezuelans seven. have won? Seven or seventy. Seven, seven. If it's seven, that means it's smaller. Yeah, that it's means smaller. Men- it's a smaller. But think about this. So American wins. Well, no. No, American USA. wins. USA. Yeah. USA. Fuck that. USA. Fuck that. <laughs> no. It's uh, like. Vamos. Vamos, America. No. Ole, no. ole, ole. <laughs> no. Like, think about this. Where where all this Miss Universe? Mm-hmm. Uh, where, like, mm-hmm. Trump was the, the fucking uh, owner of that shit. Mm-hmm. Trump. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that's a. Uh, disgusting industry. Mm-hmm. So, of course, America is going to be the first one. But, like, the... How do you say, like... Oh, wait, you said our reason for winning is because of what now? Yeah. No, say it again. What's what's the reason again? I want to hear it. Because they're Americans. <laughs> so, hold up. you said we won because it was hosted in America, so we win exactly. because we got home turf advantage? Exactly. That's bullshit. No, it's not. Well, first of all... I, as a skeptic I am, I have to believe that is some level of truth in it because I feel like every competition or sporting event or anything, everything in the world is rigged. Everything in the world is rigged. Every, no, 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 no. Everything. Even, even uh, football, like uh, like American football and then uh, oh, yeah, that, Latin that's, football. All that is all that's rigged. All at a certain rigged. point. No, no. Point. All of it's rigged from the jump. They come to a room. They say, hey, look, um, we want to... We won, who won Argentina, right? Yeah, Argentina. We won Argentina. That was trick. That was fucking trick. Yeah. Yeah. So we won. Well, if my chef is listening to us, he's he is from France, and so they had the opportunity to win the World Cup uh, last year. It was rigged because they just wanted Messi to win a World Cup. They wanted they. Messi is the exactly, goal. Messi is the goal. Exactly, I'm not saying exactly. it's Messi is amazing. Messi is amazing. But nevertheless, from it, somebody it, it that, was better. It was better for uh, entertaining to say Messi won a World Cup than. Mm-hmm. Mbappé got another one. Mm-hmm. But you have to think about it at the same time. Everybody sitting in the room, just like we're sitting in the room right now, and I was like, hey, um, we want we want Messi to get the cup this year. So um let's let's do our best to make Argentina come on top of Yeah, that that's what I'm saying. Like that. And so with that being said, that that's like it's it's, it's I have to believe it when you say yeah. Okay, we have home turf advantage, blah blah blah. blah and we won because we and we are the underdog. I know. No, just no. We won fair and square at this point, even though it's it's rigged. <laughs> we won. All right. So uh I'm gonna play my uh <laughs> Actually home. You turn that shit off just a couple rights. Look at that. <laughs> Okay, I can't. I can't play. Uh, I can't play the whole thing because I get a, a copyright strike. But just know we're champions. All right, all right. Reigning champions by by how many points? Whatever. By two. Whatever. By two. You know, sur- uh, how do you say when you get like surgery? Surgery? Something? Yeah, surgery. Yeah, surgery. You know who created the blade? Who made the blade? 
Venezuelan from my city. You know who created uh, breast plants, breast uh, <laughs> breast reduction, breast plants and stuff like that? Breast no. implants. There we go. No. And and Brazilian butt lifts. No. Not Brazilians, but the titties. I, I got to look it up who made titties, but I got, I'm pretty sure. Americans? I'm pretty sure American was like, yeah. hey, look. Yeah. Uh, you want everything to be bigger. <laughs> yeah. Want everything to be bigger. Ass be bigger. Titties be bigger. Let's be bigger. Um, and, and it's crazy, though, because it's everything that you want to be done. Probably um, was a your, Texan. I don't want to say Texan. Bro, I, well, I, I used to live in, I spent a month in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was in Nebraska, mm-hmm. Arkansas, mm-hmm. Miami, Tampa. Arkansas, bitch. Well, whatever. Okay. Uh, like, I used to say Atlanta instead of Atlanta. No, you still said it wrong. Atlanta. Yeah. Well, whatever, Atlanta. bro. Atlanta. Okay, go ahead. Whatever. Go ahead. Don't make fun of my accent. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> um, but yeah, when I came here and I see the first Walmart here, I was like, mm-hmm. this shit bigger or am I tripping? Walmart? Yeah, everything is bigger here. Wait, is there a Walmart in Venezuela? No. So what's the... Oh, so you're talking about all the places you've been in. So yeah. El Paso, Dallas. But the, yeah. that's in Texas, though. El Paso and, and, yeah, and Dallas were in Texas. Yeah, I was Texas. in Chicago, Miami, Tampa. Uh-huh. Oh, so you went to other places besides... Yeah, exactly. El Paso, Dallas, and Miami. Yeah. You were in other places as well. Working in projects. Oh, okay. So those are just part of a job process, or you were there because you were... Job process. Topping around. Okay, job process. Okay. So and everything is bigger here. I mean, think about it. Texas is probably one of the most... It's, I don't think it's the biggest state. You know what's really... F- that fucked me up? That everything here is 20 minutes far away. Yeah. Like it, if, it, you, it if you go big... to somewhere, it's 10 minutes like, whoa. Yeah. Thank God. Yeah. Because yeah, it's it's such a densely populated area in Houston, because we live in Houston. Um, everything is... Like I said in one of my podcasts, with Road Rage... Everything is like 30 minutes or less to get to where you need to go. Um, um, uh, I've been blessed to have a job that is like 33 minutes away, but nevertheless, if I take the feeder, it's like an hour. I live close to my job and it's 25 minutes. There you go. <laughs> so everything, every, it, it's you, you in your mind, you're like, I'm just, I'm literally right. I can, if I, if I can fly up to the top, if I fly high enough, I can see my house from here. But with, roads and direct travel and i can't make a straight beeline to where i need to go i have to go through these fucking stupid ass roadblocks stupid and everything is always under construction here in houston which is one of the most annoying things to me 99 99 has has been under construction (laughs) okay i'll tell you before 99 (laughs) came into the topic 290 was always the 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 if you've been on 290 freeway those who live in houston know for a fact 290 has always been under construction 290 right now is still under construction right now (laughs) and since i was a fucking kid and i'm 27 so for 27 years you motherfuckers couldn't get it right like well you're not the country that fell in that because in venezuela i i lived in in the same Okay, college in Venezuela, it's not mm-hmm. it's not the same here. Like mm-hmm. my school, it was probably the size of your house. Mm-hmm. It's not that big. Mm-hmm. And uh, regular high school over here, it's mm-hmm. like a fucking I don't know, like two college in Venezuela. Really? Yeah. Shit. Oh. It's crazy. Damn. Whoa. So, uh, um, I used to live near to a college, mm-hmm. and they were doing like a place where all the like um, how do you say where all the books? Are... What do you mean a book fair? No. What? They were in the college, a library. Library. Okay. Yeah, that thing. Okay. They were doing a library. 
playing 21 questions with somebody that doesn't speak English, but okay. Before, before I was, before I was born, they were, uh-huh. they were, they started till the day. <laughs> it's not done yet. Oh, so the project started, the project <laughs> started, not... the project started what year? I don't know, 98, some shit like that. And it's still not done to this day? <laughs> yeah. Also, he called your mom and he was like, hey, they done with that library yet? No, yeah. no. Yeah. They, got, they got a door up yet. That's nothing else yeah. to it. That's fucking wild. I don't understand. And the crazy thing to me, it's everything else when it comes to um, construction, this is this is definitely uh, my point of view on how things get built. Every time when the construction is brought in, it's mostly Spanish people because they work the fastest on it. All right. And when I see a neighborhood that's being developed and I see like Spanish community working on that, those houses for like a neighborhood that's just being built. I remember no bullshit. I was on 19, no, sorry, two, uh, 45 going south, um, coming home from Topgolf. Noticed to my right that there was a, a land that was being built up for homes, stuff like that. They just put up, they just did the groundwork, just the groundwork. And I think I came by there again because I had a job interview for Topgolf later in life, maybe about six, seven months later, and houses were already done. In six months, like, are we talking, not I'm talking about one That's or why two. the library is not done in my country, because all of them are here. <laughs> oh, that's true. Most, most, most of you guys have transitioned to come to America. It's like, oh, no, we're not building houses in Venezuela. We're going to build houses in America and make money for it. I get it. I get it. It's, it's Jesus Christ, man. When you think about it on a, on a grand scale like that, it's... Bro, if, if you start... Um... Wait, oh, wait, before that brings up a good point to me. Before you say something, did did does the fact that when people make a lot of uh, when a lot of immigrants come from Venezuela to America, that leaves a lot of job openings in Venezuela, or is that does that just take away the just ability to away. have jobs? Take away. No Literally shit. No, yeah. yeah. Okay. Because it's like nobody gives a fuck. Mm-hmm. Like, because they don't want to work over there because it's not worth it. Mm-hmm. Like pay ratio over there is two fifty a month. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I said it on the lowest episode mm-hmm. or in this or in this one, but I mm-hmm. said it before. Mm-hmm. Like it's like two fifty a month, so you mm-hmm. have to have multiple jobs. Or mm-hmm. I think you said in this episode that you yeah. get, uh, get that, uh, if you don't have like a regular job, like you get paid two hundred fifty dollars a month, and you guys have to get creative on actually how to yeah. spend your money and save your money. Or you have to own something to actually make money. Yeah, and that's that's crazy to me. It's it's I get it on the grand scale when it comes to here in America because when you work a job here. I think when I started part-time as a, uh, let's say, a sacker or cashier at Kroger's at, or HEB, you make part-time some upwards around $600, $700, maybe $900 the most, I think, part-time. Like that's my, two my weeks. girlfriend. My girlfriend. Yeah. My girlfriend, she does more money working as a part-time mm-hmm. as a server than his dad in Venezuela. No shit. Yep. Hmm. But like, I was about to say something. You want to hear something crazy? What? Uh, you know my the name of the money of Venezuela. It's bolivares, yeah. right? So bolivares. 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 Yeah. Bolivares. Believe my ass. Go ahead. I'm listening. <laughs> so, um, one dollar mm-hmm. in bolivares. It's like you told me this. It was like tissue paper. Like you wipe your ass with it. Yeah. But how much like, how much that translate to an American? Like one American dollar for you to buy one American dollar in Bolivares, uh-huh. it's like why well, I say Bolivares. Bolivares. Uh-huh. Hispanic people does that shit all the time. Yeah. Like I do it all the time. It's like, 
Oh, my name is Daniel. No, it's, it's Daniel. It's code switch. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> but okay, so how much is it from the for the? Uh, it's like transition. I don't know how the fuck read that number because it's like eight zeros. Eight zeros. Yeah, like one zero 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 zero. Oh zero, zero, zero. wait, we're talking about billions. My one American dollar. Yeah. If I went to Venezuela, yes, Venezuela, I would be rich. No. But you said, but you said multiple zeros. So yeah, but the thing is, like, we don't use our own. Uh, so you use American currency to yeah, actually. Yeah, we okay, use American so currency. Over I want to go purchase like a five thousand dollar TV. It's gonna well, be five thousand. It's gonna be five thousand dollars. Got it. Which is which is another thing I want to bring back to your twenty five. Sorry, your forty five hundred dollar um, fee from making it to here to the states is equivalent of purchasing a brand new TV from Walmart. And that blew my mind just thinking about that right now, as a, as opposed to like actually using it to buy appliances, like stuff that Americans use to wipe our ass with, literally wipe our ass with, and buy a brand brand new toilet for, I don't know, uh, two hundred dollars, four hundred dollars, whatever the case may be, mm-hmm. um, or the ones is like the ones that talk back to you and, and spray you between your ass cheeks. Those are like <laughs> those are like five grand, six grand, <laughs> ten grand, whatever the case may be. Uh, the boot the bidets yeah so with the bidet being that much money I've, I've essentially spent that money to wash my ass but you spent that money to in the search of a better life yeah and that's very commendable. you can change you can change someone's life with the thing you do in one month with yeah. the money you do in a month you can change someone's life jesus christ anyway okay so we talked about immigration today, and um, I wanted to take a minute to actually uh, shift over into um, something less serious. So today um, we had a conversation about immigration, but um, I want to um, take a minute to slow down and actually um, get into uh, my reason for having the topic of immigration on the show. Um, I felt that in today's life, we, we take things for granted. We have, um, we wake up in the morning and we don't think about the fact that millions of people or hundreds of thousands of people are um, making this journey from point A to point B. And um, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, unless your job is in this field, um, you don't think about this every day. And that blew my mind because I was pondering to myself, okay, like if I don't think about it as much as somebody else does, you know, let's, let's bring some light to it. So I just want to say thank you again, Enrique, for actually being on the podcast. And um, thank you so much for actually sharing your, your stories on that. But before we go, we know we got to get into the quick hits Today's quick hits. We want to get into something, um, you know, just a little more lighthearted uh, than immigration could possibly be. Uh, so today, I have a question for you, Enrique. I have uh, just a simple, um, simple little question. Uh, wait, say something real quick. Hello. Yeah, there we go. So today, I want to actually talk about. Hmm. I got something to tuck. Let me go to my notes. 
Okay, so if you can honestly have one superpower, just one, and actually kind of use that power to whatever degree that you want to do, what power is it and why? Time travel. Why time travel? Or, well, time control. Why time control? Because time manipulation or just like, so start and stop it or rewind it or whatever? Time, old, old time control. Like I can go to the past, I can go to the future, I can stop the time, I can make it go faster. Okay. All okay. that. All right. Because I could go back to 99, mm-hmm. 1999, mm-hmm. go to uh, uh, where this motherfucker was born. Mm-hmm. Oh, the, mother- the the president of yeah. Venezuela right now. And kill that motherfucker. Uh, I want to <laughs> let you know that if Venezuela gets a hold of my podcast and they try to come after me, uh, this is your fault. <laughs> this is your fault. That's not going to happen, fault. bro. It's your That's fault, bro. Happen. They're going to try to make you, you can You can find a lot of a lot of podcasts talking shit about the government over there because they okay. are a fucking joke. Okay. All right. Well, <laughs> um, I'll say what mine is. Mine is... Um, I would say, hmm, it's a reality warping. And the reason I say reality warping is because I would feel like I would use that power for, I feel like I use for the greater good, unless somebody pissed me off and turned their lips into some ass cheeks. But um, I feel like, uh, especially when somebody gets my damn nerves, I can turn their ass into a fucking frog. You know, just, just banish their ass or something. But that's well, <laughs> something for evil. But. I'm going to change my answer. If I don't think about killing that motherfucker and mm-hmm. political shit, mm-hmm. I would be super fast. Super, why super fast? Because the fuck fast? Work, like Flash. So to have, yeah, that's what I'm saying. You would have sex fast. Would you use this power? It's no, no, tangent. no. I told you they call me Flash because I come really fast, but not that fast. Okay, no, 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 I can try and try. I think that's just a theory. I think if you no, no, would no. actually use that power. Okay, but I'm ta- we're talking about a theoretical world. Theoretical. Theoretical, theoretical, theoretical world. powers. You want Flash's powers. Exactly. Because okay. I, I can do everything fast. I can go to. Like, if I'm that fast, I can cross the border and they ain't, they ain't going to see me. So, so <laughs> would you use that power? Would you use that power to actually snatch up your family and then bring them back over? Yeah. In a heartbeat. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's a good answer. Um, three travels. One, two, three. I would. Yeah. Just, just whiplash is a real thing. You know that, right? Yeah. Fucking grab the ass and fucking take him across the border. They fucking come back and they got shaking baby syndrome. They're like, uh, 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 uh. <laughs> 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 like they got shook up by a can opener or some shit. The motherfuckers is done. Um, damaged goods per se. Anyway, so. Um, uh, my power definitely be reality warping, if not reality warping, flight because I feel like I would. Hold on, teleportation. 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 Tele- I think fly- okay. Teleportation. You, you but said- flying, but flying is so damn dope. Think about it. I'm of the I'm No, of it's the, not. Yes, it is. You're what the fuck the- are you doing on the, on the sky? Flying, bitch. For what? Because it's so it's 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 okay. In my mind. Think about it. What the or, fuck are you gonna do up there? Yeah, but in my mind, like flight is something that's like Okay, it's it's, it's, it's cool. It's cool, but it, it's so much, it's so freeing. It's so it's open. not useful. It is useful. Why? Because okay, I, you can fly, but if you if you go in, in a airspace of another country, they're gonna shut you out. <laughs> I'll dodge them damn bullets. Some motherfuckers won't know. They think I'm no, a bird. You said fly. like a big ass bird or something. Like I'm like a big damn, ass. That's like, a fucking big. Is that a bear flying? <laughs> what is that? What is that in the sky? It's a bird. It's a plane. It's a donut. What the fuck is that? <laughs> what the fuck is that? He's 
dropping food from out the sky. It's Fat Santa Claus. Uh, that's 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 what I would be doing. Santa Claus um, is white. So. I think black people believe in black Santa Claus, but um, yeah, there's people that believe in black. Santa Claus. I believe there's people that believe in black Santa Claus, but I think there's also people that believe in the fact that Santa Claus can never be going to the hood because one, they don't have chimneys, and so I don't know how the motherfuckers calm down those small poles. I know it's kind of go to the damn hood, and the black parents don't believe in actually giving the um, opportunity for their children to think of something uh, outside of them. Uh, like, yeah, like, bitch, I'm I struggle to make you get. I struggle to oh, get you those Venezuela, presents. We don't have Santa Claus. What do you have? El Niño Jesus. We'll talk about it later. Child Jesus. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about it later. <laughs> we'll talk about it. I heard El Niño, and I was like, the boy Jesus. Yeah. Nah, we'll, we'll talk about it later. We'll talk about. Oh wow, wow, Catholic wow. Anyway. Mother. <laughs> anyway, anyway, that was a quick quick hit today. So, um, I want to say thank you guys so much for joining the Elephant in the Room podcast. Once again, it's the Elephant Room podcast. I'm up on Twitter, and I'll be eventually starting off on Instagram once I get higher tech, higher podcast materials, and then we'll go from there and actually keep going up and up and up um this episode was a little more um political not by modest design but i feel like i just needed to actually have this conversation with somebody because it was my, it was his my birthday present to give to him and i chose i let him chose the topic and he wanted to use immigration as that topic and i let the floor i let this platform be the floor for anybody that wants to actually talk about something that they deem that nobody else talks about and he's right nobody really has these deep conversations as we do as much as we kind of just scratched the surface. Um, that's more than anything that I've seen um, as an American. I'm pretty sure there are other podcasts out there or social media platforms or um, uh, news services that do the same thing and go deeper, but not on this scale of um, uh, without restraint, I guess. So in that uh same vein that we want to keep it going. I want to uh, thank those who actually tune into the podcast and um, I'm going to give the floor to Enrique. Let him actually give his little closing remarks and then we're out of here. Okay. Enrique, you got something to say? Um, just to thank you to invite me to this. It was a great birthday gift. Mm-hmm. The brunch this morning, it was good. No, even though you trashed even though it. I trashed. You trashed it because you said American food was garbage. Fuck No, you. I didn't say it was no, garbage. You, no, you said, I said I, I, I didn't understand. I don't like I don't buy fried chicken and biscuits. <laughs> like, you're getting fried chicken and biscuits. Because I'm a nigga. <laughs> Bitch. I'm Venezuelan. I want an arepa. Or empanadas. Yeah, yeah, like, or uh, Get some empanadas. Some pequeños. And get some tamales. Uh, Fuck you. That's racist. Uh, saying I eat whatever. tamales. I don't whatever. eat tamales. Whatever. I'm not Mexican, bro. Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> I know we sound the same, but no. <laughs> say your remarks to your girl so we can get out of here. Uh, you're going to be in this podcast even if you don't like it. Even if you're shy, I don't give a fuck. Uh, you're going to be here. Uh, give a shout Love out you. to the, um, your mother-in-law's birthday is coming up this Sunday. Oh, yeah. I'm going to say it in Spanish because she doesn't speak English. Feliz cumpleaños, Joa. Gracias por todo. Gracias por incluirme en tu familia. Espero que escuches esto. Seguramente Pablo te lo muestre. Uh-huh. Eh, muchas gracias y feliz cumpleaños. Espero que podamos compartir mucho más. Te quiero mucho. All right. So, you heard it from the Mexican mouth himself. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it from this Venezuelan son of a bitch. Um, I want to say thank you guys again for tuning into the Elephant Room Podcast. Once again, the Elephant Room Podcast. We're on Twitter, Elephant Room Pod, E L E P A N T. 
R O O M P O D. For a second, I thought I was saying E A Sports in this game. <laughs> that was Man, my that was, mind. That, that was a bad joke. Huh? That was a bad joke. No, no, E A Sports because I said E L E, but in my mind I sound like I sound like L O L O. So, um, I'm, I'm. This is post production, bitch. Shut up. Anyway, okay. <sighs> fucking up the system. I gotta hold them. I gotta get my damn microphone right, bitch. Okay. Um, but yeah, thanks again so much for <laughs> being on the podcast. <laughs> Uh, it's been a pleasure having you on here today with me. Um, once again, Elephant Room Podcast. I'm on Twitter. Eventually, be on Instagram. Um, and I just wanted this thing to take over. You guys keep spreading the word, and I want this to sound like a conversation that we having at like a normal do with you guys. Um, once again, Elephant Room Pod. E L E P A N T R O O M P O D. Elephant Room Pod. Check me out on Twitter. I'm on all streaming platforms now. Yes, all streaming platforms. Spotify. Uh, iTunes podcast, uh, podcaster, um, um, and okay, and um, Google podcast, Amazon podcast, all of them. You find me on there, elephant in the room. If you can't find me, um, the elephant, uh, that's next to a coffee table, <laughs> and just search my name. Um, but yeah, if you heard this, send somebody else. I'll put the link in the uh, in the bio. I'll describe what I'm talking about today, and then we out. All right. But thank you guys so much for joining. But before I do, before I leave, one thing I always got to do. My message of the day. Um, you guys have all uh, waking up in the morning, and, and the first thing you do is go by your day to day basis. You just wake up, and you immediately start your day without actually giving praises to be with whoever you worship and whoever that you actually align yourself with in the world. Um, and you need to actually take a minute and actually realize that other people don't have the same uh, ability that you have. You know, they don't have the ability to actually wake up in the morning and cut the lights on or, or turn the AC down because it's too cold and you fell asleep with the AC on or um, have to worry about um, going to the store and getting some food because People don't have the actual opportunity to actually get up and go get something to eat. They have to actually struggle. They have to make their ends meet. And there are people out there right now struggling and trying to survive. But I say that just to say a message of the day is don't take things for granted. Everything is um, made for a reason. Everything has a design and everything is um, purposely driven to keep you going and keep you in a direction of you actually being a higher individual. We're all part of the human race. So, and then that spirit we also have to keep ourselves together and keep ourselves together in this community that you live in all right so without further ado thank you so much for tuning into the elephant in the room podcast i've been your host big rob chef rob um and i was joined with enrique and i'll make sure i shout him out and put him in the bio but thank you guys so much for tuning into the elephant in the room podcast and you guys have a nice day Pacing my paces, no kamikaze I've been making my makers say what I'm offering We've all had behaviors and they've been troubling Smoke way too much, I keep coughing I pull out all the stops to make a profit When I get down to the bottom, I need topping Come here and ease my mind, be my clonopin Let me chug this thing and be proud of it I will carve it in and I'll make you feel Like you're on the cloud and you can't sit still When we're on the floor and I'm on the floor 
Wait, 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 hold a second, I fucked up, I had a Spanish individual on my podcast and I decided to use my white outro theme music, let's just spice things up a little bit and actually just put a little flair on it, put a little, little pizzazz on it, alright, so this is by, what's his name again, Nico Redifo? Regino. Regino, something like that. Regino. Nico Regino is called, um, we just found that shit. It was uncopyrighted. And I just want to let you guys know it was banging. All right. It's a little lavish, a little little reggaeton, a little Spanish, a little flair. All right. So we're going to heat it up. We're going to get you guys crunk. Let's go. Con problemas 